It's time to grab the bull by the horns. Happy Thursday. It's new episode Thursday. Welcome to Beer and Bullshit. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. With me today, the elusive Chris Peller and hi, Chris. Yeah, let's go. Oh, you're so fired up. You did that last week, too, and my levels went crazy. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Uh, you know, I don't know the order the episodes are dropping, but I'm here every single week. That's not accurate, but we'll let you have it. Uh, how have you been? Uh, I've been well. I've been well. Thank you for asking. Uh, I, I was in Toronto today and and stopped by our uh, friends of friends of the pod, Great Lakes, and ran into Troy uh, Troy over there and shouts to Troy who uh, who set us up and he asked me the same question that you did. I'm like, how come you haven't been on the pod? I said, I have been on the pod. Just just give You've it a minute. Missing, Chris, people miss you. You've got a you've got a cult following. I know Mark Murphy at Left Field Brewery is a big Pell head too. He's asked about you once or twice. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Mark. <laughs> you were also spotted. Did you know you were spotted at Great Lakes Brewery by uh, Mary Beth Keefe from uh, Granite Brewery in Toronto? She's, she messaged me and said, your co-host was just in Great Lakes Brewery at the same time as me. She didn't recognize you, but Troy told her who you were after you left. <laughs> she was a little excited, I think. Well, I mean, given our audio platform i wouldn't expect too many people to recognize me uh, at a brewery that's true we need to get your face out more that's what i'm hearing uh i'm assuming you bought some beer i started to think you're on the great lakes payroll you've mentioned them on every show you've been on now you're you're going there what's what's your what's your end on this um my end is that i enjoy their beer um you know i know how they, they got a nice broad selection and Okay, this isn't a commercial for Great Lakes Brewery. Troy is salivating somewhere listening. But I will say he sent home a couple beers and a couple of them came my way. So thanks, Troy. I did enjoy uh, uh, the Common Lassen Kolsch. I don't know that's how you pronounce it. Lovely Kolsch. I am drinking it now. Uh, hot tip. If you want us to talk about your beers for a length of time on our podcast, just send some to us because apparently we're shameless, right? Or I'll just drive by your place and then I'll mention it. Uh, but if you if I do drive by your place, it's okay if you, you know, send a couple extra ones home with me. If I do drive by your place, uh, we got a fun show tonight. Uh, our friend Kevin Freer is back. It seems like uh, we maybe shouldn't be repeating guests already, but you know what? Kevin's a good guy. I like chatting with him. He wanted to be on the show, and uh, it's my show. So if you don't like it, tough shit. Go listen to Chris Schreier. <laughs> it's been a couple of years anyway, right? Uh, so there's, you know, if, if you want to be on the show, then let us know. Otherwise, we're just, it's going to be nothing Don't do but that, because I already get people like, I'd love to be on your show. That happens a lot. But Just I, hit I, Ben up. Hit him up. And if he doesn't respond right away, hit him up again. Ladies and people of color and minorities would love to be, I would love to have more diversity on this show let's say that too yeah well that's not kevin but we're gonna have a good no, time chatting with we're him. repeating white guys at this point it's great but should we rant about craft beer names i feel like i did that today and it's, i don't know why it's still a thing but like people were like thanking me for calling out juicy ass i mean i i pick on flying monkeys a lot 
but to be fair, they make it easy to pick on them. They do a lot of dumb shit. And I hate the name Juicy Ass. I think it's the laziest name for a beer in the province, if not the country. Like, it's clearly a joke about asses. It clearly makes female servers and bartenders uncomfortable because it gives every creepy douchebag at a bar an excuse to comment on a woman's ass. And you have to know that. Either you're willfully... No, you just have to know it. Like, well, I'm just, like I don't a, know. It's if... a joke. It's like saying juicy as fuck. It's like saying, yo, that's a juicy ass beer. Sure. But you obviously know it's problematic at this point. <laughs> I was like, should well, we rant? And then I went full rant. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, you went full rant. And I and I wonder if it was, just, oh, that's a juicy ass beer. And I, I don't know if it was innocuous at the time they came out with it. And, and now they can't change it because it's or what you can always change, change it. Why would you ever not change it? It's you their can... flagship beer. Is it not? I don't who fucking cares if it offends six women who cares about your beer name like how many women have to be be like (laughs) harassed for you to change it like well 2500 women we might change it like why is there a number it's problematic so get rid of it I don't know it's also like I think it's bad for craft beer to have a beer called juicy ass like if someone's like on the fence about supporting small local breweries and you have a beer that's called juicy ass I don't think most people are going to be like, you know what? I'm going to try this local beer. It's called Juicy Ass. Like, that's not bringing new people to the market. And it's just lazy. I, anyway, it drives me crazy. It's I not re- my favorite beer to order, and I have ordered it before because I don't actually mind the beer. But it it's it's a weird beer to order when you're asking well, for I'll it. I'll never server. order it. I'll never order it. Anyway, I've uh, dunked on Flying Monkeys a lot in the past little while, but they put out chunky beer, they put out year-old beer, and they put out beer that's clearly problematic in name. So I'm going to keep dunking on them. Uh, anyway, maybe we'll do a whole episode about terrible beer names because apparently it's still a thing. I think it's getting better, but there's some that are still just hanging around. Like, I don't know, be, be better. Well, let be- me do some research, find some beer names that, uh, that I... Uh dislike as much as you dislike this one and then i don't we think can... you will i think your threshold is a lot higher than mine <laughs> well right now i'm drinking um nickel brooks cause and effect a steady blonde ale <laughs> i mean blondes don't always have to be steady that's the kind of stuff that drives me just bonkers the word steady yeah that's a bad one with blonde <laughs> No, Dirty Blonde is the absolute worst defender of any beer name. Get out, like, it's so unoriginal. That's probably the worst. Actually, if you ask me the worst, because if you do an untapped search for Dirty Blonde, there's probably 16,000 breweries that have a beer called Dirty Blonde because they all think it's funny. And there's probably a crude and shitty can label too. Isn't that just, dirty isn't that just a little bit of brown hair in the blonde? You're just being intentionally naive. It's Come on. <laughs> well i i'd like to give people the benefit of the doubt what can i say you're also not a woman that's ever had to serve beer to anyone ever but if you were a blonde woman and had to give someone a beer named dirty blonde you'd be so mad every day that that beer exists because some dickhead's like are you a dirty blonde for sure that's just opening the doors to all that kind of bullshit that's fair i think you're uh... anyway kevin freer's on the show tonight <laughs> It's a nice warm start for everyone. Just warm everybody up with some easy banter. Yeah, I guess we're just going into how many people can we alienate tonight? I'm going to roll with this right into Kevin and we'll keep alienating people. 
thanks for listening, everyone. For real. Uh, we were getting a lot of downloads, a lot of listens. So season three took us a while to get here, but uh, thank you. People obviously appreciate that we're back and we appreciate that you're listening. We are always open to your feedback. We are going to play some uh, Would You Rather tonight with Kevin. And if you want to send us some, you can always email us at holler at beerandbullshit.ca. We also have a form. If you love forms on websites, and God, who doesn't love a form on a website? If you go to beerandbullshit.ca slash contact, you can hit us up there. We're also on Twitter and all the places you find things like that. Um, thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, and spotting Chris one. and spotting Chris at bars, brew pubs. Sorry. Okay, shall we get on with the interview? Let's go. Let's grab this. Uh, grab this bull right by his horns. I like it. This is un- uncharted territory. Our first returning champion, Kevin Freer. <laughs> I have my uh, go-to list of questions. I can't ask you them because you've already heard them. So. Uh, Cheers. Welcome back. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, man. So it's a pleasure to see both of you in, again on the internet. I still have never seen you in real life. Chris, you have been to block three since we recorded that first episode. Did you see Kevin hanging around? No, I, I actually asked for you by name, Kevin, and they said he doesn't want to talk to you. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't work here <laughs> no they I've, I've trained our front of house staff pretty well that uh <laughs> anyone so with I'm, a beard I'm never there yeah. yeah anyone with a beard who wants to talk to me especially if they look like they're holding their own homebrew send them away <laughs> i've been to block three twice since we chatted last um once was still pandemic and there was a big wedding going on next door and i'm like well this is awesome this is like a a nice large group of people together and fancy clothes. I'm like, I haven't seen this in a while. And, uh, um, and second time I went with my wife. So anytime I'm in St. Jacobs and there's a reason to be within about 30 kilometers of that, I will drive by and make a point of stopping in. But, uh, the last time I was there, I spent maybe two hours there, probably longer than I should have, as it was only halfway into my drive, uh, to Collingwood. But my wife and I played Crokinole on that, uh, on that sweet table that you guys have there and try just about everything. And when I said you and I were best friends, it went largely ignored by the bar staff. <laughs> um, best friends. I, yeah. I apologize uh, for, for not being there. If you had uh, given me some notice, I would have come out for a beer. Yeah. It was a bit random. I just, sometimes when I'm driving places, I said, what beer, what breweries do I know that are along the way that I Big need fan to of uh, drunk driving, Chris, admitting it on the recording. I like to be driving and spend two hours at a brewery and then keep driving. That's what you said. I said I drink only session IPAs. That's what I do when I'm there. Maybe a glass of water. Uh, Kevin, it looks like things are great for you financially based on your location. You are in a bunker somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I am sitting in my uh, very unfinished in in progress basement at the moment. Yeah, it doubles as my little music production studio uh, hobby space and right now just storage of random shit and audio equipment and uh, lots of audio equipment yeah there's lots of weird synthesizers around me that you can't really see but yeah so what's new and hot at block three since we last chatted as it was the case with every episode on the time you were on it was all about covid and sadness and closures (laughs) are things brightening up for you uh i mean yeah we're we're still doing pretty good uh 
like what's new is like there's not much new we're still kicking we're um still still making beer um still still have our tap room and a restaurant and everything open like it's kind of the best story you can hope for coming that's out actually that. not a lot of breweries can say that these days so or less and less anyway so that is something yeah we haven't really like bought a bunch of new stuff or expanded or anything but we're still doing our thing and you know making good beer and employing people and having a good time while we're doing it i guess yeah nice well you i mean you proactively said you'd like to come back on the show and, and i think you said rant so this is your space <laughs> this is this is your safe space <laughs> yep we were we were i have i have a little like group chat um with a bunch of other like brewers in the region and i was like what sort of hot takes can i do today like what are we gonna do tonight i'd, love, it, quick, I'd it, love to know what happens in that group chat it well it all of us used to work for wellington so it quickly just devolves into us kind of making fun of each other and sharing memes yeah that makes sense um but uh but yeah no it just it very quickly went off the rails about how much the beer industry sucks and we all hate it and we should all go to sleep forever <laughs> Jeez, that is a hot take that's totally different than all the super positive stuff we've been hearing for the last kind of five or six weeks like well, I, it's, it, beer's fun i'm just tired yeah honestly i keep i keep using the phrase post-craft because i feel like the fun the fun parts are kind of gone like it's kind of it is an interesting time i mean there's definitely bright spots but a lot of dark right now well i i don't know if it's like dark but um a lot of the stuff that got people into the into the thing and into the craft and like building up and community and stuff that's established hopefully you have that established and if you don't um maybe you're going through some rough times right and that's kind of just the reality of things at the moment right a lot yeah. of places the the cracks are starting to to widen and covid absolutely did not help that mm -hmm. yeah i mean it was I don't know. Maybe it was a long time coming. Maybe the market was oversaturated and COVID has been a, I don't know, hyper exaggeration of uh, things that needed needed to happen. And dare I say, I don't know. I, I, yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Uh, it, I don't know. It just, the passion can only take you so far, I guess. Right. And, and then a lot of people, this is kind of going off the rails, but a lot of the time when people are like thinking about starting a brewery, like you think about it and you're like, oh, we're going to do this and that. And we're going to have this beer and this is what our branding is going to look like. And this is like, that's all the fun stuff. Right. And you get, um, I'm, I'm coming up on 13 years in the industry. Uh, the brewery is coming up on our 10th anniversary. You get that far in and it's just like, well, now you're just doing your job. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which no, is, there's fundamentals and that people i think that you're starting to see the maybe the folks that didn't have the fundamentals figured out because yeah a brewing a, opening a brewery looks sexy from the outside but it's it's really like accounting and cleaning <laughs> when you get down to it yes yeah oh and accounting especially like the, doing like the money stuff and like your um your like cash flow projections and things like that like thankfully my business partners are cpas so i don't really have to do that i just have to focus on the beer quality stuff smart but my goodness, do I, did I ever learn a lot about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you sound a little bit like somebody that's been married for 10 years now, instead of uh, in the honeymoon phase where I just, you know, I love her so much. Every day is just magic. 
and 10 years in it's just i don't think i want to look at her anymore <laughs> I don't want to look at her. <laughs> jesus i don't know i think my uh, wife's still awake and we're coming up on our 11th anniversary so uh <laughs> well you made it past 10 then so you're yes. golden there <laughs> oh you're saying there's another sweet spot after 10 Oh yeah, you know what? Trying to help you save this. Trying to help. We're coming up on our 25th anniversary of being together, and the magic is still there. That's beautiful. That's really, really sincere. I don't know why I said (laughs) it like that. She's not going to listen to this. No, (laughs) nor does my wife. None of our wives care. (laughs) Not at all. They're just happy we're in another room for a while right now. (laughs) Like, go have go have your fun with your friends. Um, so what, I mean, I forget why, but you did have a reason, maybe not, maybe it's just cause I, this, I actually re-listened to our first episode a while back and I called you out. I was like, you're a really vocal guy on social media. And, and you literally just said, yep. And then nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't exactly remember what we were alluding to at that time, but, uh, I don't know. I'm opinionated. You get a couple beers in me and I start to. Okay. Well, let's get a couple of beers. Let's drink up. What are you drinking? Uh, I am having our Yaramir Czech lager. One of our favorites around here. It's, it, it's actually kind of crazy. Like we, so we kind of screwed this one up, not the beer itself, but uh, the, the can to keg ratio, because as soon as we put it in kegs, uh, literally every single person at the brewery was drinking it like not just the employees, but like everyone in the place. So we ran out of draft real fast and we have like 60 cases of it in cans still to go. Hmm. But I, again, 13 years in the industry, I will never get that ratio right. You never know what's going to be hit. Kind of have you way. seen a, a big return? I mean, that sounds like a big return to draft, but have you seen draft coming back? That seems to be the one spot people aren't seeing the sales come back, licensee sales and draft sales. You like yeah yeah yes and no um in in our space yes um but as far as like licensee sales go no like more bars have closed than have opened in the last little while hmm. right there's not there's not I mean yeah you guys live in London I don't know a ton about London but uh have there been many craft beer bars opening in London because there's been several closed in KW I think we still just have one. <laughs> like i'm there's no one where that is their focus i think a lot of bars have begun to understand that there's a market for it um it took a long time because like any like well more than most places i think uh the labat deal was king right so every restaurant owner in the city came to assume that there would be deals and kickbacks and so it was a tough sell i think i talked about this on the last episode but uh yeah the little guys would basically be asked for a deal immediately when they were new like anderson or fork river and they're like we're brand new we don't do that but the demand got so high because it was finally local beer that the licensees came back and said you know what we actually need to have you on tap but there's um there's some actually some guys we went to high school with the wolf brothers they own a i don't know how many restaurants now in london six i want to say but they for a long time, I think they were just bows because they were in hardcore bands with the bows rep in London. So that's what you got when you went to their places. But now they've got um, 
uh, and Nick Farmer, who was, uh, he came by way of Milos and he's, he's running their, their bar at their, uh, company bar it's called. So they've got some really, really good beer on tap, but I would say it's a bit of a blind spot for a lot of restaurants. Chris, I would say you probably go out to restaurants more than me. I have a two-year-old, but I feel like when I've been out, there's at least a couple on taps these days. Yeah, I mean, I'd say Toboggan is has sort of. I mean, they brew their own stuff there, but they've got a decent selection of, uh, of other things. But interesting well, Toboggan hearing... is a weird. Toboggan's weird for me. Toboggan still has Molston and Labatt's on tap, and it's a brewery. So I, I've never really been able to. I mean, I totally understand why the owner has had owned restaurants in London for like forty years, and so that's part of his business model, and he has relationships with those relationships with those breweries but it's weird to me to open a craft brewery and have molson on tap beside your beer especially when there's like copious other breweries looking to sell you stuff and especially the way the 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 styles are trending right like oh we need a light lager for our light lager drinking crowd yeah every brewery's making one of those you can right. you could definitely get you can get anderson's cream ale or whatever like i i don't yeah. remember everything they make but i'm sure they make something that fills that slot in your tap list totally if you don't want to make it yourself yeah there's no excuse anymore I'd... so well, is your tap room then picking up kevin like you're talking about how you uh, blew through a lot of draft and uh, the yarmir check lager which ben was putting out something about the best name or the worst name in craft beer and that might be one of my my favorite names in craft beer is the, the yarmir <laughs> check lager i just Last time I was in, I'm like, I, I just have to get more of it. I just, I love the beautiful mullet on the can. It's just yeah. fantastic. We we actually did get him to sign one of the labels, which is pretty dope. Sweet. Um, I was going to ask if he's ever drank it, but obviously yeah, he, he has. Yeah, when he, back when we first did it, he was, um, I'm, I'm not a hockey person. He was playing for Florida. Panthers? Sure. Whatever. <laughs> um and I guess they were playing the Leafs and he was doing like a signing. So we got him to sign a label and, you know, there was like a lot of press on TSN or whatever. I don't know. Anyways, doesn't matter. We got him to sign a label, gave it to uh, my business partner, who was a big hockey guy. So that was kind of cool. He probably won't sue us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like as far as the tap room goes, yeah, um, definitely an uptick. Uh, again, we're like a community space, right? So people are hosting like we've literally had people get married there. There was like a, this is weird, but there was like a four-year-old's birthday party there the other day. And it was just oh. an excuse for the parents to kind of get a little day drunk. But uh, that's great. That's great foresight on the, because honestly, my kids love breweries. I mean, my two-year-old's been to one, but I mean, there's usually <laughs> something to do for them. And what they don't really care where they are. They're friends and games. Yeah, we're, we're, for- we're very family friendly. Like we all have kids. So like, I mean, there's, a couple sharp corners and they probably shouldn't be hanging around in the back but uh you know there's definitely like games and shit for them to do so yeah have fun kid <laughs> fun kid just uh just yeah keep them on a leash <laughs> this is a debate that i don't well i guess i understand it and maybe it's more american craft beer accounts that i follow but there seems to be a really hot debate about kids in tap rooms and like I mean, I think we're going to be pretty biased here as three guys with kids, but like, I think tap rooms are amazing places for kids. And it's really just like, if your kids, you know, able to sit relatively still and not be a dick, you should be able to do whatever you want in a tap room with your kid. Yeah. Like I think 
all three of us are on the same page in that um, our kids are more or less well-behaved. Um, we're not going there at like, eh. nine, no, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're not going there at 9 PM. Yeah. Um, and it's not just like, Oh, Jimmy, do your coloring. I, I gotta go. I gotta drink nine beers. Right. Like, it, like my brewery closes at five on Mondays. Cause we gotta go pick up our kids from daycare. Like it's, <laughs> it, it's time and a place. I don't think the kids are necessarily at fault is what I'm saying. Totally. Yeah. But I, yeah, I also think that I think of a brewery as a community space. Like I, I've literally seen breweries like make a neighborhood interesting. Like it becomes a hub and comes a spot. And I, if you are, don't think that's a spot for kids, I, I, I don't know. You have a weird, it's not a bar. It's not really, it's a different vibe for me anyway. What's the problem? I mean, if you were, if you serve chicken fingers, then you'd be fine. Like, I mean, how is it different than a restaurant that serves alcohol? Is it because alcohol is being served? Because every restaurant. I don't know. I honestly alcohol. think, not to be like ageist, but I think it's like millennials who, I guess millennials are like older having kids now too. Like, what's the, I don't even know. Gen Z, who are we shitting on? What, what <clears throat> Technically, we're all millennials. Or Xennials, I think. I've read, I thought that was the dumbest word I've ever heard until I looked it up. And I'm like, that is exactly what I am because Xennials apparently includes people from 79 to about 82 who had like an analog childhood and a digital adolescence. So, like, we understand, you know what I mean? Like, we had, I had typing class. I'm still that old. Like, I feel like millennials didn't take typing. I remember in grade nine when the, typewriters went out and the computers came in which sounds insane but i think that is not a millennial that's where i draw the line kevin you were worried about rants and going off on tangents (laughs) i think you're probably good man yeah no i was was born in 87 you guys are old as shit you're a millennial then (laughs) fuck you (laughs) no i guess it's not millennials whatever comes after millennials uh i guess expecting uh tap room to be a you know, a place for single young people and not children and no kids running around or yelling or coloring or spilling things like my kids do. Yeah. I I just don't think if you, if you go to a brewery in the middle of the day uh, at like two o'clock and someone's there with their child who is just quietly coloring or playing on their tablet or enjoying one of the many non-alcoholic beverages or the games that they have there. um, And you're just like, well, fuck these guys. Like you're the asshole, you know? Yes. Agreed. Uh, um, and then also to that extent, if I'm going to a brewery in the middle of the day and they say, sorry, we're not allowing kids in here. I'd be like, guess I'm just not drinking your beer ever. Yeah. Ever. Because this is what I have to do if I'm going to ever try it. Yeah. That is literally when I get to go to a brewery right now, it's like nap time with my oldest or like pop out for a very quick pint with my two-year-old. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's it's kind of, I understand the dog thing because sometimes like uh, dogs can be a little unhinged or you have food and it's like a, a health and safety thing or whatever. But like if I bring my dog, well, I don't bring my dogs anywhere because they're kind of pieces of shit too. But um, <laughs> if you have a well-behaved dog and it just sits there and like waits for you and you have one beer and then leave and go like finish your walk, if that offends somebody, like they're kind of a dick. Yeah. I definitely see the dog thing more. I have a dog with anxiety would never even think of taking him to a brewery. Uh, but like, I also think even the nicest dog can be pushed to too far. So like dogs are like kind of a question mark for me. I've grown up with dogs. I love dogs, but I'm like, 
even the nicest dog might have an off day and you know do something I think, shitty. It's, I think it's the same as kids you know if your kid is just gonna cry and be obnoxious then you know it's it's not gonna be enjoyable for you or anyone around you if you take them to a restaurant or a tap room or anywhere but same with dogs my dog is adorable he would go to a tap room and make best friends with every person that looked at him he's a beast he's tried to kill my kids twice well, I mean, as you said, there are certain hot button things. My dog will get your dog to breaking point. That is, or my kid will get your dog to breaking point. You said it. I didn't. Yeah. Oh, well, it's your dog's fault, not my kids. That's right. We've moved on from millennials versus dogs versus kids. Now it's kids versus dogs. We should almost get all our dogs together to fight and. <laughs> I think my dog would win. <laughs> Having never seen your dogs, Kevin, I'm going to pick my dog. Yeah, I, I, I'd probably just agree. Chris, your dog's got some weight on my dog. My dog's faster. Yeah, that's how not- you win a fight. Speed. Speed and <laughs> ability to run fast. Yeah, that's it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the speed of the dog. That's the expression, right? Something like that. Well, now that Ben's alienated the entire Gen Z crowd, where who are we attacking next? Uh, this is like a oh my god, dated reference. It's the real deal with Bill McNeil. Do you, do you guys get that reference? I think you will, Chris. No, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm quite a bit younger than you, Ben. Yeah, I don't understand that one. Okay, <laughs> it's a news radio reference. Great show, uh, Joe Rogan. Good guy. <laughs> is is he? No, he may have been then. I don't know. He was the he was the funny maintenance man on news radio. That's how I still like to think of him, or the bug eating host of Fear Factor. And look how far he's climbed. He's 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 inarguably successful. Anyway, let's not talk about Joe Rogan. <laughs> you don't want me to rant, and I mentioned Joe Rogan. That's a bad a bad idea. Um, what's new and hot in beer? that you are enjoying i mean i feel like we've been stuck in lager mode which is great obviously we all enjoy it uh is there something coming that you think is gonna i don't know i feel like we had like a sparkle beer moment we had a slime beer moment was that just like a bunch of bullshit and the (laughs) like did did the pandemic hit reset and be like let's get back to just drinking beer that tastes like beer yeah, I, I I think you're correct on that last sentence. Um, there, uh, there's been a lot of like hypey kind of like we need content sort of things. Much with the the recent AI developed beer, right? Right, like it's just you need something to write about. You need content uh, from the brewery and from the journalist standpoint. Um, but yeah, they, the vast majority yeah, I, of people are still drinking you know, lager and like beer flavored beer for lack of a better term. Is it just my perception that everyone's crushed, still crushing uh, new England IPAs or is that? No, no, they're, they're still crushing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're actually, this is one of those things we were talking about in, in my group chat was like um, a lot of people like, especially. uh, Yeah. So back in the day, right. People would be like, what's your highest IBU beer. Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know they're a connoisseur when they ask that yeah and then you and then you get the um the 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 high abv like people order by abv all the time at, at beer festivals give me the nine percent give me the eight percent whatever right they want their biggest bang for the buck 
Um, and then with new new England IPAs, there was a lot of what's your haziest beer, which is like my least favorite question because well, our beers are fine, but like sometimes you'll be out at a bar or out at a beer festival and you'll get a hazy IPA and it's the haziest beer, but it looks like sludge yeah. uh, and it's oxidized to shit. And yeah. it, it, it tastes like just old hops and cardboard, but people are like, oh, this is great because they like, they can hold it up to the sun and they can't see through it. Yeah. I and- don't get it. I honestly, I mean, I think I'm pretty vocal about it on social media but i just the whole thing i'm drinking i mean not to big up someone else's beer but i'm drinking a Kolsch from great lakes and look at that i can see right through it i love that what's why what so much sexier than a yeah. glass of fucking orange juice or sludge and like i don't mind if the if the glass looks like orange juice if it still tastes good but people will just equate like hazy with being good and it's not necessarily good from like an objective quality standpoint of how beer exists like the the do levels are off the chart and it's completely oxidized and it you know it tastes like garbage but it looks hazy and people think oh this is what this is supposed to be yeah i don't if if hazy beers were the best then that chunky beer from flying monkeys would be the greatest beer in the world it's literally got solids in it (laughs) and it's not (laughs) and like i've seen i've seen some fucking horror stories on uh on like the, the various industry groups, like just just obscene. Like it looks like there's like cottage cheese floating in this beer. Yeah, like that oh, shouldn't happen. That's Why my favorite. Why are people buying that? Chris is buying that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I think you're speaking to the fact that just it comes in a lot of things. And craft beer is no different. That that the general public is just not very discerning. Um, you know, and you're talking about Kevin the ABV. What's your highest ABV? What's your haziest? And it sounds like the early days with legalized cannabis where it's, mm. what's your highest THC? I'm like, right. like do, you, do you care what it tastes like? The experience, what the highs like or anything? Or do you just want something that's been injected with concentrate that it was is just focused on getting you as fucked up as possible? But because we can do that. It's just, do you, is, that, is that the experience that you're seeking? I, I mean, I don't really get that side of it. I went the other way. Maybe it's like an offshoot of beer too. Like beer, I, I like something five percent or less. Because these days when I drink, I like to drink as many beers as possible. Not like I need to drink quickly to get fucked up. But I did the same thing when weed became legal. <clears throat> I really enjoyed the Ontario. Is it Ontario Cannabis Supply? Anyway, the OCS store. Great shopping experience actually. <laughs> but you can dial in how much THC and and pick your attributes and i picked like the lowest thc possible thinking like oh i just want like you know improved focus improved mood it did nothing it was like smoking nothing i was like i undershot this <laughs> so hard <laughs> i uh, i had a, um, a similar experience where i was like oh weed's legal i smoke a ton of weed i'm gonna get this vape pen and I was like, oh, I'm going to get like a 50-50 split between THC and CBD. And that's responsible. And then like the first day I hit it, I was just like, all right, kid, you got to go to bed. I, I, I got I to gotta sleep. <laughs> I way overshot it. My tolerance had gone way down since high school. Yes, I find the same thing. Chris, similar, less similar story, I think. Yeah, no, I think I had uh, the first time I got a vape, I thought, oh, let's see what this is all about. And I got it. I was excited and I had ordered it from like a gray market site and 
I got it. And I said, this, I'm going to go try this out. Told my wife, I'm like, this is going to be cool. It's going to be a different way to do things. Nothing. I'm just pulling and pulling and pulling on it. I'm getting nothing. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And that was a Monday night, Tuesday morning. I'm looking at, it. I'm like, just got it. I, I must be doing something wrong. Like, what do I do if I turn this? And then I had the biggest vape toke of my life at like a Tuesday morning at nine 15 like, <laughs> standing in my kitchen. I'm like, well, it looks like I'm watching Zack Snyder's cut of the, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not working from home today. I'm just accidentally I'm just super high. Here. Like, yeah. <laughs> the learning curve, even for experienced people. Right. I, I, I mean, I think that does play back into what we were talking about of, um, emerging beer trends where w- once weed was legalized, everyone's like, Oh, the, the cannabis sector is going to just demolish, um, the beer industry. And like the, 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 like the edible, they're not edibles cause they're drinkables. You know what I'm talking about? Like the beverages, yeah. THC beverages are going to just change everything. And I don't think that's been as big of a impact as people thought it would. Um, in the same way that I don't think the non-alcoholic beers are going to be as big an impact as people are projecting them to be. I would agree with both of those things. I, I think the act of like drinking is, highly social obviously very quick too like in terms of the reward of alcohol like you feel it right away it's weird to me that like i would never would we're never going to go to a bar and get like a pint of a thc drink drink it and wait for it to kick in hang out like it just and then i don't know the bar just gets like quieter and quieter as the night goes on as (laughs) people get more introspective and like weird (laughs) well i've had one of those like you know on the beach or something uh, and and, and I'm not, I'm not going to stop drinking. Uh, as you said, it's sort of a social thing. And, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I find if I'm in a, at a social function, I feel awkward if I don't have something in my hand and that's sort of, I'm sort of trained. Why you that. carry that dildo. <laughs> it's one of the reasons. <laughs> Sorry. I just feel awkward. That's, I'm not drinking tonight. So I carry my, <laughs> I don't know why I'm with dildo. Sorry. <laughs> Good choice. Kevin, Kevin's like, what the fuck? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of lot of things that you can carry, but I guess that's one of them. <laughs> Indeed. Um, we were talking about AI beer. I'm uh, a little, I kind of like trying to wrap my brain around this, and I actually want to like. There's a lot of these stupid, fluffy articles. Like, this is fun. Someone wrote a recipe with AI, and I I want to I want to actually write and investigate. Is there a serious, because my, my first instinct is like, this is actually fucked up because I work in marketing communications and I'm a writer. So like there's a legit threat to people in my profession that AI is going to take their jobs because if you have content or you need SEO, you can probably use chat GPT pretty soon to do what we're paying humans to do. The beer industry, I'm like, fuck, they're doing it to beer too. They're making up recipes and marketing, but I'm like, the more I think about it, that's not a huge expense. Like, like, is that really going to save you a ton of money if you're feeding stuff into AI to come up with your beer recipes? Like, what is that? What, what percentage of your day is that, that you're saving? It's, it's very, very, very little. Right. I, I, I can write you a beer recipe. Like it'll be for our system, but like I can write a beer recipe right now, like on the fly, brew it literally as I'm making it up and it'll probably be pretty good. 
Right. It right. would probably do... be more work for you to use AI to do yeah. that. <laughs> like I'd have to, I'd have to like make an account and things and yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't even use a computer in my day-to-day -day work besides like writing emails and like Instagram and shit. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think... like, I don't think it, I don't think it's going to take a, like that's, that's the worst way to use AI because computers are really good at doing other things right um and writing recipes or just it's crowdsourcing a recipe right it's just it's just taking data from other websites and being like here you go that's a very very poor use of what ai can do right oh i have a good soundboard item for this my cpu is a neural net processor a learning computer there we go excellent well, i just read an ai generated list of the 10 best movies of all time it was Citizen all Kane. Robot Everything no. was robots. <laughs> it was Terminator 2. No, it was... <laughs> it's just like I the, robot. Matrix, the Matrix sucked. <laughs> yeah. no, so fake. Uh, Don't worry about that movie. Is Citizen Kane is the godfather. I'm like, so you just you just quickly sourced all of the top 10 movie lists from the internet and then did a quick pull, and there it is. So I mean there's no value I mean, in that. Spoiler alert, that's what most writers do. <laughs> Well, and I mean, that's that's exactly what it's doing for these beer things, right? Like a Pilsner recipe is not difficult to write. Anyone can do that very quickly. It's more about execution, right? Yeah, I, th I think the real danger would be in, in the marketing side of things where most breweries are already phoning it in, to be honest. So we may not even notice much <laughs> of a difference. I mean, I'll, I'm, I'll be the first one to say our marketing is not the best in the world. We are not uh, super focused on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that's something to look into. We'll just feed it into chat GPT and see what comes out. So like, okay, are you shitting on a human that works for you right now? Like, do you have a marketer? Or are you guys like, let's just get do it off the side of our desk? Yeah, basically off the side of our desk. We do have someone who like um, does our plans our... Um, like Instagram posts and and we let her know like what's coming up this week and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. like, I wouldn't describe even just doing Instagram posts as like a marketing campaign. No, you're not no. doing marketing. <laughs> no, that's just, that's just what you do right. to, get, to get the word out. We don't really market anything. We just, I don't know, here's our beer. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding everything. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. So, but wait, you're, you're making as much beer as you can sell right now, right? You don't have surplus. Uh, we we could have surplus, but we like our relaxed pace of work and having time off and things like that. Okay. Yeah, then you're fine. Then you're doing yeah. exactly the right amount of marketing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could we could push harder. Uh, we don't have to, and I think that is something that a lot of breweries um kind of overlook is they're like, oh, we're gonna make sure we hit a hundred LCBOs. And it's like, well, you're actively losing money when you send one to Ottawa. Like you send a case of beer to Ottawa, you're actually losing money on that case of beer. Right. And they do it in the name of marketing. And it's like, well, I don't know how many of those people in Ottawa are actually coming out and drinking a pint at your, at your pub or your tap room to make up for the loss of money that you've just done out there. Yeah. This is the this is the balance in brewing that is delicate that I, not a lot of breweries have found the sweet spot and maybe that's some of the closures we're seeing now. It's like some put the cart way before the horse. They are in as many LCBOs as possible. They lead with their social media account and they're promoting their beer everywhere and doing beer festivals. And then you have more 
you have more demand than you have supply and you look like shit. You don't look like a professional brewery. Sometimes the opposite is true where your beer is great maybe, but you're just not marketing it hard enough. And so it just, you're not getting the exposure you want. Anyway, this kind of a, one of my, I wouldn't say like favorite, but one of my favorite things to like analyze in craft beers, there's few that are in the sweet spot. I would, I don't want to name names, but for me, there's like only a handful that have kind of nailed it. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I think there's, um, there's some, there's, there is definitely a sweet spot in flexibility. Um, and I think we are probably a little bit bigger in terms of production than we need to be. Um, but in that is its own level of flexibility. It's like, you know, uh, one of our employees, James, uh, he's about to have another kid. So it's like, cool, take as much time off as you need because we can brew faster than we can sell. So we'll just front load it a little bit and then it'll be fine while you go off on pat leave and <clears> things <throat> like that, right? Uh, and that's a level of, you know, em- employee work-life balance that I think our people appreciate. But, you know, if you're smaller and you're, you're brewing at capacity all the time, that's going to ruin your work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're chasing growth, especially if you're a little bit smaller than us, that's going to be absolutely brutal because growth costs a lot of money. Right. So would you say block three is like comfortable in your size? Like there's no grand plans for like, let's have a massive facility. Let's do a second location. Like status quo is cool. I, I, I would say we could go a little bit bigger, but yeah, status quo right now is fine. We're a profitable company. We're um, what I like to call a lifestyle business, right? We're employing owners. Um, the other investors have all gotten their money back out. So right now that's, we're just- That's something, yeah. That's, that, I mean, for, and even like our beer garden, right? Uh, our initial investment has already paid itself off. For a restaurant, that's incredible. Right. So- we're not i'm not gonna say we're not ambitious but we're just we're not um taking on more risk i guess is a good way to put that that sounds reasonable well ben's talking about finding a sweet spot there i think there's a self-awareness that you have that not everybody in the industry does where it's it's either nobody can be satisfied with where they are we need to be bigger we need to be bigger or we need to be doing this or this market and um that's refreshing to, to have that self-awareness and understand I, I like where we are in the market. We don't, we don't need to, to do something and go outside of our, our comfort zone. Um, you know, it's still with, a, as you said, there's still some room to grow if you want, but not, uh, not pushing the envelope to a spot where you just, you make everybody miserable that you work with. I, I think there's, um, there is a level of ego involved with, people who start up breweries right like you want you want to see your beer on the lcbo shelf right that's all we've ever known up until very recently in terms of the beer world um you want your beer to be on the lcbo shelf and you want to see it in you know people drinking your beer in a bar in ottawa and checking it in on untapped and you're getting all these like cool i'm i keep saying ottawa just because it's the coolest city in canada i can't name like a farther place (laughs) <laughs> that's where your geographical understanding of canada ends yeah yeah i'm sorry i've been in southwestern ontario my entire life there's ottawa there's toronto there's kw 
Mm, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, anything north of Barry. Um, but yeah, like you kind of you want to see uh, you want to see your stuff and you want to see people drinking your stuff and being like, oh, this is good. But it's like there's there's breweries in Sudbury that are great breweries in Sudbury and they don't necessarily need to drive, you know, four hours, five hours down to Toronto to distribute their beer. Right. It's fine. Just being a good brewery in Sudbury. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad aspiration to have. I think that is honestly like be the best thing in your town is the best. Like when Toronto breweries were blowing up 2011, 2012, and there was suddenly like one in every neighborhood, it was like, this is awesome. And Everyone's like, oh, we should open a brewery in Toronto because that's where the demand is. Um, there's actually like, okay, a case study. I have a, I've, my in-laws have a cottage in Southampton, Ontario, which is near Sable Beach, 20 minutes away. And uh, a few years after going to that cottage, a brewery opened up right on the corner of the main street of Southampton. It's called Outlaw Brew Co. And they're also country music themed, if that's your vibe. Great live music. They have some, they have some great country music come through. But uh the owner has a cottage there, but she's from Toronto and her journey started out in Toronto. Like we're going to open a brewery in Toronto. And then she was at her cottage. She's like, why would I do this in Toronto where there's like a million breweries already? And they open it up in Southampton and they're like the most popular thing in Southampton. I think that is the ideal model. So yeah, be the best, maybe not Sudbury because who the fuck wants to go Sudbury, but, <laughs> but no, be the best or be the destination in your town. I think is not, not only like cooler, but more sustainable, right? Like everyone goes to Outlaw Bruco in town because it's the place to go. In Toronto, you're like, ah, they're not, they don't have anything great on tap right now. I'll just go, you know, two blocks north. Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with just being like a having one successful, um, like business in a town. You can just you can just do that, and that's fine. You don't need to blow up and be the next like Muskoka or or Mill Street or whatever, right? Unless that is your aspiration, in which case that's a wholly different model. Yeah. But also you can kind of smell that on some breweries and it's a turnoff. You know what I mean? Like when they're yeah. angling, like we're going to go big and like you're brewing this for mainstream appeal, which is like, that's a punk rock thing to say, I guess. Like fuck mainstream shit. But like if you're brewing it because that's your goal, it's not the it's not usually the best you know what i mean like i've shit on the ontario pale ale a million times but that used to be the gold standard of middle road because it was like we're not going full-blown hoppy we're going english style we're going west coast right in the middle with cascade and and uh crystal malt and then like everyone was aiming for that sort of mainstream and it sucked so when you i don't know if you're if you're aiming to go big the product isn't always the best it's it's also not necessarily the worst. Like I think um some people might want to be uh you know the next steam whistle. They might want to do like a just a really good premium beer um and just have it everywhere, which is not but can that even happen anymore? That's like a I, 2012 pipe dream. They're yeah, never gonna do that now. I don't know if that can happen anymore, but yeah. I mean I'm not I don't function in that space, right? Like I I have a half a music degree and I make beer for a living. Like I'm not, I'm not an MBA. You can like, literally no see idea. the space you function in and it's not pretty. Like, I don't know what's going on <laughs> on the shelves behind you right now. <laughs> Doesn't it look like a, a spot it from an old mega touch machine? Like yeah, no, there's, there's a lot things? of dead bodies down here. Yeah. 
there's a lot of like, electronics and stuff hanging off the walls i think yes there is and and my my janky my janky seller of lambic beers that i'm never going to drink yeah oh yeah i've got one of those too <laughs> yeah there's 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 drinking beers and then there's not drinking beers you know yeah, there's dust collectors and yeah. there's drinkers <laughs> yeah yeah but, but i knew, i don't think i don't like i don't think you can aim to be the big fish anymore i think there's big fish and even they're changing and adapting or being forced to I, I don't know i think the landscape is like be the best thing in your neighborhood be the best thing in your town because that's what there is to offer now with yep. so much saturation and and there's nothing wrong with that i absolutely no. think it's totally fine to just be like a good community center and um employ people and that that's a great thing like that is a very very noble pursuit i think that is yeah i, th I think that's the ideal right now I'm trying to think of like who's you said Muskoka like Muskoka they're they're big they're not they're actually like not, people think of them as massive they're not that big like they they don't have steam whistle problems you know they're not there no. but like other than them I can't see anyone who's like aiming to be like the next I don't know I guess we're just talking about who wants to be bought out by the big guys really because what is the exit plan you're never going to be the big guy you're going to be purchased by a big guy well that that is the other thing is like what is your exit plan and you know we've had that discussion and it's like is this something you want to do for the rest of your life just have a small brewery in a tap room and i'm like yeah this is pretty dope man like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm fine with this <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but not to say that muskoka is looking to get bought out or anything i have no idea i just no nor do i they're a much bigger brewery than ours so i have no idea but like even when people talk about like this comes up all the time is steam whistle craft it's like yeah, absolutely they are. 100%. You have absolutely. any idea how small they are compared to the big guys? Yeah. And they're still independently owned. Like it's insane with that people are like, "Uh, oh, it's this one place that they're huge, they're everywhere." And it's like, "No, no, man. They're tiny." <laughs> yeah. Okay, I hate this argument because not the the definition of craft is this, you know, never-ending stupid navel-gazing beer nerd argument, but I can't find a definition that steam whistle wouldn't fit. Like, oh, they're successful. So they're, you're done with them. Like, what is the, where's the marker? Where do you get like, we can pay our employees a living wage now. Oh, fuck you. That's not punk rock. Like, Yeah. And, and like, they're just the scale. Like people just do not understand the scale of the macro brewers. Yeah. Like what we do in an entire year, steam or not steam, sorry, uh, Sleeman does in one day. Right. <laughs> and they do it every day. <laughs> Yeah, it's insane. Millions and millions of hectoliters of beer. Yep. Most breweries in Ontario and probably in Canada are under a thousand hectoliters a year. So what Sleeman does before lunch every single day. Right. On the other argument, the other part of that that pisses me off is that I'm I mean, I'm I'm an unabashed steam whistle fan. Those guys fought a lot of battles that let craft brewers exist in Ontario and in Canada, like to just Absolutely. dismiss them as being big now like they fought some fights that you're benefiting from right now like your taxes yeah, you stuff you don't even have to think about anymore yeah and and then um i mean this does come up in a debate with like the the ocb and and now the the canadian craft brewers association uh that they're benefiting the big guys and it's like we're nothing's big yet right right no craft brewery is big on the scale that the macros are yet so yeah. it's it's good to have a place at that table and to voice, even if you're only making 200, 300 hex a year, 
it's good to have your voice heard at the table because it will be heard. Well, this is the argument. We've I've spent many years or many many like column inches shitting on the Ontario Craft Brewers Association, but they are what you have to work with. <laughs> so like, love them or leave them. I think Mandy Murphy and I had a pretty good conversation about this when she was on the show because she came around to the OCB and now she's super actively involved and she's like, you can't. It's like you can't bitch about your politicians if you didn't vote. You can't bitch about the OCB if you're not showing up to the meetings and having a conversation, right? Yeah, I had a very similar conversation with her, and yeah, it's she sells it well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she sells it well, and like, yeah, and and they are a bigger brewery than ours, um, but like, if if random nano brewery in whatever town wants to be heard, you you do you will be heard if you go to the OCB, or you will be heard if you go to the Canadian Craft Brewers Association. Yeah, yeah, it's not, we're all in this together, and we'll we'll value that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not a seating member or like a board member or anything for either of those. I just you, you have to speak up if you want to be heard. Yeah, you got to have you got to be at the table if you want to have a voice at it. Did we just start like a like a punk anarchist collective for craft beer or something or what's going on here? <laughs> Should I listen to the Les Mis soundtrack or what's going on? <laughs> Okay, so obviously we've made our point about the uh, the OCB and the way yes, things work. Please but let's like, move on. <laughs> what uh, like what do you think? Like what what is the style of employee you would love to interview? You don't have to say where they're from, but like, do you want the guy in the trenches working at um, one of the bigger ones, or do you want like you know people like me who have been doing it for a long time, like? Yes. Okay. So by the time this airs, we will have aired our beer rep confessions episode that's yeah. already taped. And that was actually really good. I mean, I'm biased. Chris, you enjoy that? Yeah, I thought that it was good. I mean, I was trying to, I was trying to pry a little bit at times to see if I could get some more seedy stuff as was Ben, but you know, they were, they were just too pleasant. They, they were too Canadian. Sales such reps. A, they, such were Paul, a they were on. They were, they were on. Yeah, no, they were on. But so I enjoyed that because we, we don't talk about sales a lot. Like we meaning like the industry that exists on my phone, like social media shit. But what I would really love is a disgruntled Labatt or Molson sales rep who's been out of it a bit or got fucked over and has dirt to dish. <laughs> I would love that. Cause I did talk to one in like 2012 about payola you know like buying off draft lines and he was talking about his expense account and buying off whole bars and walking into a bar with a credit card and be like swipe this and tell them i had a party for 25 people and just enjoy the profits like greasy shit i'd love to do that maybe we'd have to get like one of those voice changers or get them on the air but that would be fun uh i don't know we're i'm i'm running let me turn that back on you I was gonna say, let me turn that back on you, Kevin. So we've we've interviewed brewers like yourself. We've interviewed sales reps, and we've had on owners, owners. of breweries and you know past owners of breweries. So who are we missing? Who do you think that that you know outside of that those groups? Who who are we missing that you think would would be worthwhile for us to have on? Uh, I I definitely think there are a lot of people that have been disenfranchised from the industry and they left, um, especially in the production side of things. 
I think those would be some interesting uh, questions. A lot of that comes down to workplace culture, obviously. Um, people don't quit jobs, they quit managers, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So I think uh, there's some interesting conversations to be had there. Yeah, I, okay. okay I, since we're putting out our wish list, I, I, need, I need more women and people of color on this show. Like Kevin's been on the show twice. <laughs> like we've already run through our roster. No, I'm right. kidding. But but here's the other thing. I don't want it to be tokenism. Like I want to. I want the diverse voices, but it's hard. It's hard to find them. Like I mean, someone's someone's raging at their you know phone right now for like we're right here. But like people that a are willing to talk, b want to talk, and c like I don't want it to be like pandering. Well, please, these people who are raging at their phone, reach out to myself or Ben. Or yeah. Chris, even uh, <laughs> we, I think we all have a pretty, pretty aligned set of values. Yes, actually, do it. It's holler at beerandbullshit.ca. I'd love <laughs> to hear from marginalized voices in this industry because, yeah, we're trying to do our part to talk about the issues, but <laughs> there's been a lot of guys that look like Kevin. No offense. <laughs> yeah. Look, there needs to be like six or seven more cis hetero white dudes because we're underrepresented <laughs> in this industry you know what if you're a cis hetero white dude listening to this start a podcast because there is such <laughs> a dearth of white voice canvas the people that don't look like you and then if we get enough of those then maybe we'll invite you on didn't you say you were from bangladesh though kevin initially uh, yeah, no, that's where I grew up. Um, speak, I don't even, I have no jokes. That's why that. Ottawa is the only place you know, because that's where the consulate I thought is. you were serious for a second. No, no. <laughs> like, wow, how do we never talk about this? No, I, I am, my family's from England. I am, a, I have a UK passport. I am English as fuck. Like, <laughs> you okay. mentioned Southwestern Ontario is the only place that you know, and Ottawa is far flung. So uh, we already covered yeah. that, that yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. actually from Bangladesh, just for those that haven't been paying attention well, I, I'm conscious of time, and I know that Kevin is a big fan of the music for Pell's Corner. So we need, oh, yeah. we need to do Pell's Corner tonight. Uh, Chris, are you prepared to walk us through a game or a quiz or something tonight? Uh, I, I mean, I think so. We, uh, well, I mean, we, we crowdsource a few would-you-rathers after... Uh, Wait, so we're doing Pell's uh, Corner? We are doing Pal's Corner, and I mean the first question. Oh. <laughs> like he's just he's yeah. I can get it. I'll I'll write you guys something better. Hey, Kevin, you do better in 15 minutes while you're eating lunch on uh, on rock uh, rock band. I got I'm able to sure open he, right now. I'm pretty sure he could do it right now. His Instagram, those last posts was like him making music <laughs> on a calculator or something. Uh, well, I'm not a pocket operator. Thank you, pocket operator. Yeah. yeah. That's that was my nickname in high school. Um, yeah, the pocket you know, operator. If you wanted to do something better there, Kevin. I, I do have it plugged into my soundboard, but anyways, continue. <laughs> You're going to do it on the fly? Oh, can I just play one more awesome thing from my soundboard that I added recently? See yeah. if you guys recognize what it is. Can I have two liters of pop? <laughs> Did you guys see that interview? He's a Canadian idol now. Nothing? No, play it again. Play it again. Can I have two liters of pop? Oh yeah, yeah, the 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 St. Catherine's guy at the liquor store. Uh, six Bush Light, six Bud Light, and I love yeah. them, tall boys. Yeah. Tall boys, I love yeah. them. Two beers a week. What's that gonna do? 
this is, this is gonna get you through a day yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah and i know the guy now that he is a he's a national treasure he's the next premier of ontario mark my words Okay, All what right, are we doing, Chris? <laughs> we're, uh, I, I thought Kevin was just going to, in like five seconds, make something 10, 10 times better than, uh, than, than my trash that I had there. This is like uh, watching this is like watching Paul McCartney compose Get Back live on that Apple documentary. This is the same vibe right now. Ooh, high praise there, Kevin. You are Paul McCartney in this scenario. I was being I'm, a little bit facetious. Is that working? Is no, that, no, is I'm, that I'm Ringo Starr. Wait, I don't hear anything. Oh. Here, actually, I can make it so that you are able to share as well. Oh no, I just I think I just I think it's my soundboard is being a little weird. Okay. Oh, I hear something. Anyways, doesn't matter. I'll I'll make you guys say, a beat. I'll make you guys a beat. That sounded like sex music, just like people have been saying that Pell's Corner sounds like. That was you sound like you like that. <laughs> oh, those are good. See, I'm using this little thing called a pocket operator is this sounds just a like your second memory this sounds like your instagram post it's exactly the one from the instagram post <laughs> is it i li- i checked out your instagram before the call tonight and it's in my head still but 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Don't go down. laughs> i like it remix <laughs> but don't go down. Okay, Chris. Perfect. Okay, sorry. Chris. This is the best Pell's Corner ever. <laughs> All right, we're going to ask a few uh, a few uh, soft ones here for you, Kevin. Um, would you rather... Again, okay, these are crowdsourced. Rather. This is going to be a would you rather here. These are uh, crowdsourced from our Beer and Bullshit uh, social media account. Some of them I kept the username on if you want to give them a shout out for, as a thanks because we do appreciate the help. Okay. Some of them I didn't. Some of them I did. So not this one, no user here, but thank you, whoever you were. Uh, would you rather have one additional nipple to replace your belly button or have two additional belly buttons to replace your nipples? One additional nipple. So your belly button becomes a nipple? Absolutely. Or your two nipples become belly buttons. That's Think, of the, think about the body shot potential with three little holes in your little tum-tum and your chassis but well, the, the the lint the lint and the yeah the no lint. not the into lint. it you guys both sound like innies then uh if, if, if you're talking about lint and and uh body shots yeah i mean any outies are freaks i used to be uh like just like a flatty but then uh i drank too much too much of those hazy ipas and now i'm in an innie so for me, it's an added, I have a third nipple. So for me, that's adding a fourth. And that's a lot. That's a lot of nipples. I'm like, go it on screen. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for Kevin. I mean, respect our guest. Uh, I'm not going to screenshot here. it, but. No. Sorry, that's right. private. That's for me, my wife, and right. my pastor. When we finally hang out together. That will be the reason we get together. Come yep. to London to see my nipples. <laughs> don't, don't tempt me with a good time uh yeah okay a nipple a third nipple oh, but it's, it's, i don't know no i do third nipple without a doubt yeah to have two little holes in your chest is weird I'm with, I'm it's belly nipple. buttons it's belly buttons for me all day really long. why um less hairy than nipples and uh, i don't know not for everyone that's not true of everyone that's like treasure trails for some guys that's not in the belly button though 
Okay, this is getting gross. All right. <laughs> I, I think we've question. covered this one and look. Um, okay. I'm a Wario. I'm a gonna win. <laughs> That's, I, I just enjoy having these buttons. <laughs> Would you rather never shit for the rest of your life or never piss for the rest of your life? Mm. Is it like painful? Like I have to shit, but I just can't and I have to piss? Or is it like I don't need to bother with that function anymore. And it's the like, don't need to bother. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I, I, I go ahead. I think we're going to say the same thing because we're all dads and we enjoy that bathroom time. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I could sit down and piss for an hour if I needed to. I need, I need my little stinker tinker time. You know, you got to sit on your phone time. and yeah. yeah, I would read so much less if I didn't shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I could like, do without pissing. pissing I, I is... would I would never see Ben's uh, Instagram post. That's right. I wouldn't I would do almost no social media if I didn't shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd probably get rid of pissing as well. But mind you that there's a certain relief, especially where I mean we're on a beer podcast here, that the magic of having to piss, you know, 15, 20 times in a night, sometimes that relief is this very satisfying feeling. The well, magic and, and, of having to piss 15 times a night? What does no, that mean? It, well, you break the seal, right? Yeah. No, it's really it's a relieving feeling. I mean, uh sure. No, I would give up pissing for sure. Yeah, for the most part, it's like ah, I gotta go piss. It's not like I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to take this piss. <laughs> so th- this is gonna be a weird aside in we don't need to talk about peeing all the time, but I no, no, we're a- talking about nipples, pissing, and shitting. Don't take us to a weird place. <laughs> I went, to, I went to a bar in uh, in um, uh, Buffalo called The Pink, which is like a dive bar, like a hardcore dive bar. And I'm in the bathroom. And it's not even a urinal. It's a trough, right? Yep. Classic. And I'm but just Kevin, being... you've already revealed you're not much of a sports fan, but a lot of stadiums and arenas feature trough style urinals. Yes, I am very much not a sports fan. <laughs> okay. Um so I'm peeing, and uh, I just hear this dude just do a huge rail in the bath in the stall beside it. It's like, oh man! And then he comes out, and he's like, "Hey man, you watching this game?" It's like, I'm, I'm still peeing, and this dude's asking me about this hockey game, and I have no knowledge of hockey. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, you probably have a gun. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's the World Juniors. Let's uh, let's go play pool or something. Like, I just, I don't, I didn't know how to exit myself from that conversation fast enough. No, he's he's on coke. He wants to be friends. He wants to get deep quick, and you're just peeing in a trough. Yeah, I like a good uh, hockey game pee story. I was in Buffalo watching. I like a good hockey game pee story. Yeah, I love I my do. autobiography. Um, I got one for you. Let's do hockey game pee stories. <laughs> All right, so mine. I was at a Buffalo Sabers game, and uh, and I'm taking a leak in an intermission, and and I hear one guy say to his buddy, "I'm like, you're not gonna wash your hands? Didn't you just piss?" He's like, "You only wash your hands after you pee if you got a dirty dick." And then he walked right out. I'm like, I'm like that was weird. There's like 25 people in here. That's your life philosophy. I'm like, okay. I mean, I can kind of get behind that's a, it. That's but- a- that's a that's a power move right there. I kind of like it to be honest. It's good. Shout out to that clean penis guy in Buffalo. <laughs> he knows he knows been? where his hands have been. My um, mine was actually less I, about the hands, more about 
I feel like Chris, we have so many overlapping stories. This might be a your story that I've just like adapted, but my P hockey story was related to Eric Lindros. Do you know where I'm going with this story? I do not. When he was in London and um, it's one of those like friend of a friend, he was pissing beside a guy and the guy goes to Eric Lindros. Was it Lindros? <laughs> the story sucks already. I'm sorry. But he said, uh, he said, you're great at hockey. He goes, but your character in NHLPA 93 for Genesis fucking sucks. And, <laughs> and supposedly Lindros and his buddy put him in the stall and dump beer on him. <laughs> like they're, they're mad at him. I think I I think that happened at Rosen Crown. If that was used to be a bar. Anyway, I don't know where that story came from. Chris, your blank stare. I'm surprised. I don't have many stories like that that you don't know. So no, no, I've I've heard that story before. <laughs> and I've known Eric Lindros and his brother to to be known to be, you know, not the wait most pleasant guys to run into at the bar. Wait, a hockey player was a douchebag? Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, so we've taken aim at Sudbury, Gen Z. <laughs> And hockey players. Okay, the uh, listenership is dwindling as we as we okay, talk. Okay, that's why you're here, Chris. You're the fan favorite. I'm the villain. All right, last uh, last one here, and this comes from Chris Schreier, uh, longtime fan of the show. That's Chris Schreier. He's got Chris his own Schreier. <laughs> yeah, He's very handsome. He's very longtime handsome. fan of the show. Long haired fan of the show. Uh, and he asks, "Would you rather give up eating cheese or receiving oral sex?" Oh wow. Oral. Absolutely. You take cheese over blowjobs? 100%. Wow. I mean, way more frequent, right? I mean, you can eat cheese all the time. <laughs> uh, that's tough. I have no follow-up comments. I just <laughs> it just immediately amazing. said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, geez, I think I could do without cheese. <laughs> no follow-up comments from me either. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, again, it's probably the frequency and access. I'd probably stick with cheese. I mean, I need it on my sandwiches, uh, on my nachos. Frequency and access. I I don't need, I don't physically require oral sex. Again, my wife's not listening, so this is all cool. She's I, just, you- I like the, I like the, fact that you physically require cheese <laughs> well on some things it's necessary are you gonna have grilled cheese it's just toast if you don't have cheese well why yeah, is your just... wife bringing you a cheese platter right now it's amazing she's a sweetheart but i'm i won't <laughs> I'm be getting anything else later right after we're done recording this <laughs> thanks chris schreier i don't know we're, we're in trouble with our wives and the dairy industry now <laughs> and i'm big, in trouble with chris schreier big dairy's coming for us Chris Cryer. It's Chris Schreier. <laughs> I know I heard that. I'm in trouble already. So I thought I'd double down on the mis- mispronunciation. So I guess you didn't listen to his podcast when I was on it. Now I understand. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I didn't see that plugged anywhere. <sighs> I wasn't plugged. Chris is bad at marketing. He hasn't found that sweet spot either. I'm hardcore marketing, <laughs> shitty content. Chris is great content, shitty marketing. So we had, neither of us have found the sweet spot. <laughs> I mean, I was on his show too, but... We don't need to mention that. <laughs> I think a lot of people have been. He's he's been at it a while. Yeah, I, I like it. What's the uh, what's refreshing? What's the memory. show called? Toronto Beer Podcast. Because he used to be a Toronto Beer blog guy, and we all had to adapt when people stopped reading. So let's close down. Let's close out Pell's Corner. Maybe maybe the last time we hear this music. 
I want to bust a double horizontal on your ass. <laughs> Can we add that to the thing like every week? Okay, let's let's shut this thing down. But before we do, I'm going to put you on the spot, Kevin. I like yes. to uh, recommend something. I know you listen to the show, so maybe you're ready. I Chris, am. hopefully you're ready to recommend something as well. Okay, fine. I'll go first. Uh, I usually do a, a book to try and make it seem like I'm an intellectual who reads a lot. So I'm going to go then peel back the curtain and i reveal that a tv show that i'm loving right now is uh on annie and it's called wwe rivals and it's so fucking good like i i'm not a big wrestling person i definitely watched it as a kid and like into my teenage years somewhat ironically you know we'd get stoned and get a pay-per-view uh but i watched the first one i ever watched was um about stone cold and the rock and Stone Cold was top of the heap and The Rock was coming at his heels and they had kind of like a rivalry that became a mutual respect. <laughs> I know how stupid I sound right now. It's awesome. This show's great. And the, the new season dropped, I don't know, like a couple of weeks ago. And the season premiere was about Hogan and uh, Andre the Giant. And it, it was pretty awesome. So if you're remotely geeky about wrestling, it's a very entertaining show. The uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart episode was also awesome. I will confess there are wrestlers on there. I've, I've never seen wrestle and I'll probably never watch those episodes. And I, I don't even know who the headliners at WrestleMania are this year. I saw a picture of them and had no idea. So I'm out of touch, but if you want to tap into some of your eighties and nineties wrestling nostalgia, uh, WWE rivals on a &E. <laughs> That was good. We had to like pause to make sure you got that. I, uh, I was thought there was a delay. I'm like, fuck, I'm really going to have to edit the <laughs> shit out of this episode. No, no, no. We want to make sure pause. you get those sound bites. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for that uh, WWE sponsorship. Vince yeah. McMahon going to sponsor my podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be amazing. Like, not a good human, but I'd take it. I'd do it. <laughs> uh, I'll go next, I guess. Um, yeah. I've been reading this book called Begin the World Over by Kung Lee Sun. Um, and it is like an alternate history of a like a slave uprising in one of the Caribbean islands. Um, it's got pirates. It's got um, French cooking. It's got anarchy. It's pretty awesome. I'm only a few chapters in and I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to reading another chapter tonight. Is it an alternate history of an actual uprising? No, I don't think, I, I don't believe this island actually existed. Oh, okay. So it's just like, it's an alternate history of, of the way things, you know, could have gone if you know, white, white people weren't so shitty. Right. Um, Sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty dope book so far. Uh, and then uh, I got to pull up my my deezer account here the two musical artists i've been listening to a lot recently are madison cunningham and remy wolf hmm. just both kind of poppy funky singer songwriter stuff i don't know they've just been kind of dope and that's been the vibe i've been feeling especially when you move into the summer or summer sorry spring um You're getting ahead of yourself yeah. yeah 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 it's just um little uplifting going into the spring and looking forward to that warmer weather kind of vibe nice that's our first musical recommendation and i appreciate it because i am very stuck in my playlist so anytime i hear new recommendations i will seek them out yeah check them out madison cunningham uh cunningham 
uh, Remy Wolf. Okay. All right. Chris, we got uh, book, we got TV, we got music. What are you bringing? Uh, I'm going to bring TV as well. Uh, it's a little dose of Canadian um, television on CBC from, uh, it's called Canada's Ultimate Challenge. It's an obstacle course challenge that goes and, and does kind of random obstacles that they, obstacle courses they set up at places all across Canada. Um, I'm planning a East Coast road trip with my family this summer. And sometimes it's easy to forget just how beautiful our country is and how much it's worth exploring. And they bring in all these Canadian Olympic athletes, professional uh, professional athletes, and they have these teams that are just a really diverse cast of teammates and trying to figure out who's going to do what. And they, I don't know, it's been, it's been entertaining. So I'm going to watch with the, the family. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I got this week, Canada's Ultimate Challenge. Beautiful. Maybe we need music to close out this section too. Kevin, how busy are you? You want to do little <laughs> snippets? Otherwise, I have to do something like, Mamma mia! Okay, that's... <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, we'll do this in post. All right, we'll leave it at that. Thanks for coming on the show again. We Thank talked about you. beer a little bit and uh, a bunch of other stuff I'll probably edit out. So this has been fun. Excellent. All right. Thanks. It was, a, it was a bullshit heavy episode. Thanks for coming on, Kevin. It's good to yeah. see you again, man. Oh, um, one other follow up, Chris. Are you aware of the rapper Aesop Rock? Yes. Aesop Rocky? No, yeah. not Rocky. Aesop Rock. You know what? I am aware of him, actually. Somebody brought this up to me and I made the same comment again. You mean Aesop Rocky? No, I have heard of Aesop Rock. Aesop Rock, go listen to his track None Shall Pass. You sound so much like him. It's unbelievable. Oh, wow. Okay. That'll be the outro right now. So we're going to end the episode and I'm going to play that episode, play that music to close out the show. And people can, Chris, say something that Aesop Rock would sound. Say. <laughs> it's been a real nice time talking to you. <laughs> okay. Let's end it there. Good night, boys. Thanks, Kevin. Peace. Bye. What do you want me to say?